1: all right welcome into the growler edition of Hear that podcast ground I'm Paul Jr. here with Jay Morrison but you already know that because you just heard our names on the new intro thanks to the Bengal boys it's great it's fun I'm 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 uh, I'm so excited we've teased it I hope it lived up to expectations and I hope people like it Jay do you like it
2: I love it. I I love music anyhow. I love live music. I I know that this isn't live. It was recorded live. Obviously, I guess all music's recorded live, but yeah, he's, it's just, it's, it's fun. Um, I, I would like to see maybe if it could go in some different directions and different genres, kind of like Dan Patrick's play of the day. Um, I I think we can have a lot of fun with this. Jay's like, look, can I just get some heavy metal? Yes. Can I just, can we just get some speed metal? That's
1: that's what Jay – Jay needs all of his segments to have some sort of speed metal. But the Bengal boys, that's just think to say. The Bengal boys, they're Alex Dolezal, Dylan Bodley, Colin Cooper, and Parker Phillips. If you don't know them, they've been doing these – They've been doing the hear that bangle growling song uh, in all different genres, a different genre before each week. And the videos have been up uh, on their Facebook page. Well, I had they just, they reached out to me, said, hey, we will do something for the podcast. since obviously the knock on uh, the knockoff is us using that song and that the main line from that song here. And so they are and they sent that and they're on the show. They're gonna, you're gonna hear from them later on to talk about what they've been doing and music. And I have a feeling that is you're going to hear many different versions of that for us as we go forward. They sound really excited about doing some different stuff for us. It could be like every week we could have something new or something. Every, we get different segments. Like we get, you just never know what you're going to hear when you tune in. It's very exciting. We're really're we're really we're evolving to a new level here at, at HTPG very exciting and the facendas the facenda music is gone enough enough serious football music I don't need that we need the Bengal boys who are they call themselves a boy band with just one song
2: and it's a good Gen- one
1: and, and it's, and, <laughs> yes, and it is a good one. Uh, so, Bengal Boys, uh, you'll hear from them later. Uh, Zach Kiefer from Indianapolis, our colleague up there, who I love reading. He's uh, an incredible journalist writer. Um, he's got a great story on Mo Alley Cox up now. Um, he's done a ton of good stuff, and there are some crazy similarities in topics. To talk about between the Bengals and the Colts right now. One being that I was most interested in that was empty your notebook on how Andrew Luck ended up like that. And is that is the is what we're we saw at the end of Andrew Luck, the end of the Joe Burrow movie. And uh, the similarities, and uh, there Zach has some really interesting things to say on that, including uh, and some preview stuff uh, for Sunday's game. Really good conversation with him coming up. Uh, so we've got that. We of course are going to go back into the Growler bet. Guess what, people? Though not going to be easy anymore. That easy one we've got. You know that's great that we we got the winners and we're we're set. We're, we're the winners setting that up uh, with Optimistic Bobby, who we're going to have uh, have some beers. And that's great, uh, Kevin Weller. Congratulations to you. Uh, but look, this is not going to be easy, folks. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just be handing out growlers every week. All right, we. we it's it, it's gonna be tougher this time. We're gonna, of course, we're gonna have game predictions, uh, and all of that coming up. But first, let's dive in a little bit to. Uh, Some news and talk a little bit about Sunday's game. Okay, news. There's not a lot of news um, necessarily. There is more of the same news. And that is you have more brushing aside of A.J. Green questions, of which were fired many at Zach Taylor uh, on Wednesday. And he's in a good place, not getting into it. Very quick responses, not interested in talking about the A.J. Green situation at all. And you know who else isn't interested in talking about the A.J. Green situation? Number 18. A.J. Green. Uh, The Bengals have gone a little silent on us, and uh, they even put out a little social media uh, all work, no talk, which was really hard not to just subtweet with, yeah, we're aware uh, after the Zooms on Wednesday that had Xavier Williams, the dude just off the street, and nobody else. Uh, only the only the, uh, the Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow mandated press conferences uh, occurred. So uh, we'll see if that trend continues, which is an interesting one. Um, if maybe some of the chatter out there is starting to get to this team where they're having to go insular. I don't know. Do you buy that?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I do know that the the protocols have changed, and I, I know that caused an issue on Monday uh, with availability, and, and the locker room was completely empty. And I did ask if the if there was a schedule change that that caused that yesterday. That, that only Xavier Williams, and the, the response was that that no one requested anybody, but AJ was requested on Sunday and on Monday. I don't know. Why it would take another request on Wednesday? Uh, so, I, I I'm hoping today we're recording this in the morning. The, the The zooms are later in the afternoon. I'm hoping today to hear from AJ and maybe a few more players, um, because it's 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 kind of understandable on a a, a losing road game Monday. That's just that's always been the case. The locker room's been empty when back in the old days when we were allowed to go into the locker room. The so, good old days. Yeah, Monday was kind of a they get kind of a pass, but Wednesday was really surprising because um, Wednesdays are the days when you get most of your most of your interviews. And you know Xavier was a nice enough fella, but you know he's he, he he's not the impact player. He's not going to make a huge difference in this game, even though defensive tackle is such a hole. So hopefully today we'll we'll hear from some more guys including AJ Green.
1: Yeah, at some point AJ Green needs to we have not heard from AJ Green since September 24th. He has been requested repeatedly since then. Um and uh we don't know if what's going on there. But hey, we'll continue to try, of course, for you uh and and try to get to the bottom of what's going on there. But it, I so it, it's it's hard to say is is that a, is is this them going inside and and trying to put their arms around their team a little bit and and you know Keep the chatter out, Burrow. To, Joe Burrow says during his thing, you know, I think there's some overreacting going on. Essentially, I think he was referring to the line of questioning. There was a he was asked again about you know adversity and responding to adversity, learning from that Sunday, and he was sort of like, I think everybody's overreacting a little bit, you know. I mean, had three straight 300 yard games before this. We were moving the ball pretty well. We had a bad game, and I buy that. I'm actually. I, in Twib this week, I sort of went back and said, I, I could play this game all day. Give me a great quarterback. Let me go f- show you a stinker from their rookie year. Like, and you could probably show them a stinker from almost every year, but definitely from your rookie year. Every, I mean, every, No one is going to hold Baltimore over Joe Burrow unless it becomes a trend. But there's well, it, also a, a history of those good quarterbacks not making them a trend, and that's important too.
2: I was going to say that's the problem is that there is a trend there that that yes they these great quarterbacks have that outlier game their rookie year um where just everything goes wrong but but what the cause of the the stinker on Sunday was the the sacks the pressure that it's the same issue that's been there all year long and they've been able to overcome it. They just weren't able to overcome it. If it was something completely different, you could say, yep, you know, that that happens. We played a great team. Things didn't go our way. Move on. But but the fact that it was the, the, the main issue has been the main issue. I think that's where some of the concerns coming in.
1: Yeah. And it don't get easier um, with DeForest Buckner and the Colts on Sunday, number one defense and football, depending on what you're, doesn't matter. They're top three in at pretty much every stat. so um, it, it's they're gonna have their hands full. Um, which brings me to another topic that I kind of want to dump and jump into a little bit here. And it's this. Can the Bengals defense win them a game? Is it we've seen enough improvement. you've seen enough positive signs. You're starting to see some playmakers that are amongst the better players at their position in the league on this team now they're 13th in DVOA uh and they've been you know you really you take the Browns game out of it they've kept them in every game um I'll you know I'll you give them that as the as the offense has had fits and stops uh, and Indianapolis is really struggling offensively Phillip Rivers is under fire uh their run game has been inconsistent they they it's what's causing Indianapolis to lose games. Can the Bengals defense? This is just a crap. It's hard to even say the words. Can the Bengals defense win them a game this Sunday?
2: Yeah. Well, that you. You said can they win them a game? I was going to say they can win them this game. Um, yeah. Because that that you look at the way this one plays out, and you know, getting Geno back there, you have to. Zach said he. You can count on him getting more stats and being used more. Um, if they can get McKenzie Alexander back, LaShawn Sims has been a little bit of a liability. If they get McKinsey back and then Darius Phillips is playing as well as he did, although Darius missed yesterday's practice. Um, but if, if they've got that, that full compliment out there, you know, obviously we know Sam and DJ are out, but yeah, I think they can. I, 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 there's nothing about this Indianapolis offense that, that should scare anybody. Um, Phillip Rivers is, i mean he's still a good quarterback but he's he's old you're gonna hear zach refer to him as a statue um there's they just they have not they as great as their offensive line is they have not been that effective running the ball um they they, they they're not explosive throwing the ball i i definitely think even if the the bengals defense doesn't get multiple turnovers I still think they can keep them in this game and potentially win it for them
1: yeah and the reader loss is really going to be interesting to track a before and after on and and, and see the the ripple effect of that because I do think he was helping others play better but he, you know when I started really going through it I have had a knock against this team as everybody's criticized coaches over the last however many years about a roster that didn't have enough talent. And I've always used, show me a player who's in the top five or top 10 in their position in the league. Show me one. And over the last few years, it's been hard to do. Really hard to do. And now, there's a couple. Jesse Bates might be the best safety in football right now. Pro Football Focus would tell you that this year he has been by a wide margin. That's made a huge difference. Having a true playmaker back there and allow them to do some. Von Bell has been better than Sean Williams was, and that's fine. But William Jackson has played like maybe a top ten corner, fringe top ten corner. He has played like that. You know, he's been he's been better and more a more willing tackler. He's he's really shown comfort in his coverage. I think they found out how to use him better, and he's motivated. You know, having those kind of guys on your back end. Is something. DJ Reeder, top 10 nose tackle. Now he's hurt. Now we'll see. Carl Lawson, top 10 pass rusher. Absolutely. Ed, amongst edge rushers, his pass rush productivity is top 10. And you have those pieces. You start to become a functioning defense, especially when your linebackers are no longer a total liability. The development of Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither pretty quickly Binds being a solidifying force has helped tie that glue that whole thing together a little bit. Again, we're talking relatively speaking. <laughs> we're, you're you're coming from two of the like historically like NFL history, hundred year history, awful years as far as some of the performances and some of the streaks. So the you're you can only leap so high. This isn't a this isn't like a forty five inch box jump, okay? But this is. To get to above average, thirteenth DVOA, making some, getting some turnovers, taking advantage of some other offenses' weaknesses, that could be enough against Indy with a little bit of help from Joe Burrow in the offense to actually go win. You get I, I think a, this defense could go win them this game. I really do.
2: Yeah, you mentioned taking advantage of other teams weaknesses. Uh, last week, it was more about shutting down their strength and, and saying, you know, Hey, you beat, beat us another way. And yes, Lamar had the knee and maybe that was part of it, but I, that was an impressive. I mean, you take away the, the Michael Thomas fumble or the Mike Thomas fumble f- return for a touchdown I and mean, giving up 20 to Baltimore on the road. Um, that, that, Well, there's so much is lost in the final margin, but that was a really impressive step for this defense and against one of the best offenses in the league. So now, yes, I I absolutely I don't I don't necessarily think it will happen. But yes, I I think this defense can win this game on Sunday,
1: not just holding Baltimore to 20, but doing it while your offense just kept punting and turning it over. (laughs) <laughs> over and over again and short fields and lots of possessions and, and having to stand up over and over again and there's a great piece that we have up on the site now about how the Bengals tactic was actually uh, something that hasn't been used much and was as effective as anything that's been used against Baltimore and might have set a bit of a blueprint for the rest of the league to use um, in the way that they attacked I recommend going and checking that out, it's up on our Bengals page um, you know, that the idea of compliments being thrown towards the Bengals defense and in, in their scheme and, and Lou Anarumo and all that. So I, what I think last week was, was hashtag fire Lou. Was it, or was that two There was a, there was a hashtag fire Lou went around for like a week and a half. You know, it's like, you know, it's again, it's somebody has to be fired after every loss, but uh, you know, and then the next week it's oh look, 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 you know, grain of salt overreaction is probably happening everywhere. But, I do think that you're seeing enough positive signs from this defense and enough playmaking from this defense, um, that you can you can give them a chance to beat the Colts uh that way. And it kind of plays into the other side. If if you say that, if you say let's let's let the defense try to go maybe win us this game, should your game plan be a little safer? Should your game plan not involve so many dropbacks where DeForest Buckner can Fletcher Cox the guard? <laughs> Turn that into another show like like he put on in Philadelphia. Um, you know, take should you just try to harder to establish more creative running game stuff to to find some plays here and there and, and and try and maybe not to drop back and throw it as many times to try to set up a little bit more of a defense and run game type of win. Let's just say, knowing what we know about the way the staff likes to operate, I don't see that coming, and I don't necessarily think that. I mean, maybe that's the best way. Maybe it's not. Just put points on the board somehow. But is it? Would that maybe be a better model for trying to win this? When you consider where who the Colts are right now and who the Bengals' defense is or feels like they could be right now, maybe.
2: Definitely, I mean, you're right. I don't know. I don't know that that's what we're gonna see. But the Colts lead the league with nine interceptions. Uh, very rarely blitz I just I where's Giovanni Bernard been I mean he's had almost no carries if joe's not going there's still something to be said for the the change of pace and and mixing things up a little bit and um you know just trying to Trying to get that run game going any way you can. And we've talked about it. They're just a totally different team when Joe Mixon is going and and getting the first downs and, and he just brings that energy and you have that luxury of, yeah, maybe you might have a couple more three and outs than you want. And it it takes you a while to get it going, but you know that the Colts offense isn't going to blow your doors off. You've, you've kind of got that in your back pocket where you've got the luxury of time, so to speak. So I, I, I would expect it to, to see more of, of a run oriented offense this week. But at least right.
1: more at least more throwing to the running backs. You know, I I think Mixon and Bernard should have far more receptions than they do, both of them. And I th- I don't I don't think that gets utilized enough um and and you know, especially in a time where you're having trouble getting explosive plays down the field. Well, let's get Get the ball in the hands of some guys that can make some people miss consistently, and when they have done that, it has worked. They have had success success with those guys catching the ball at a lot of points, and you know Mixon seems to make somebody miss every time he does catch it. But yet, you you don't see the high quantity of throws. It's not like they're using them like the Panthers use McCaffrey or anything like that. You know, you'd like to see more of that as an extension of the run game, as a safer safer plays more of a quick game to the running back to keep the defense a little honest and keep Burrow a little more upright. Um go ahead, Jay.
2: I was going to say one of the most impressive plays last week was just that. It was it was a fourth down play and they blitzed and Burrow beat the pressure and just threw a a beautiful touch pass. You know, kind of a, a looping high arcing one to Mixon and it was it was it hit Mixon in stride but it was Mixon had to readjust in the air. So the, the throw and Mixon's play on the ball were both really impressive and and Joe ended up with six catches last week. It wasn't a lot of it was at the end and not the way you would want you would expect him to come about with six catches, but yeah, there's there's something there if they can exploit it cuz you know, not they're not just using Gio in the run game, they're not using him in the pass game either. And a couple times we've seen them have Joe and Gio on the field at the same time, and it's usually Worked well. I mean, that's something I think that they should do a little bit more of.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. I, the one thing that stuck out from Jacksonville was the creativity in the run game, and whether it be reverses or the stuff with Geo, you handing off the jet sweep. When it's not working, you know, if you're if you're having a bad day, like they were having in Baltimore, trying to run the ball, try you know the the lack of creativity in the run game to try to juice something up um, stands out even more. So. Perhaps that's something that you see a little bit more dynamic um, creativity in the run game uh, going against Indianapolis. All right, before we move on, though, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Let's dive in here. Let's get with Zach Kiefer. This conversation is great. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him. And I, there's just a ton of relevant stuff to the Bengals, particularly the Andrew Luck joe burrow comparison um so i just want to get right in here is uh here's our colleague who is our insider along with Stephen holder uh, up in indianapolis uh zach Kiefer,
3: zach what's up what's up guys thanks for having me on this morning
1: yeah it's good good to be here zach who works hand in hand with Stephen holder up there in indianapolis uh a power duo, much like a Midwest power duo that we have here in Cincinnati. Uh, but I, I have I have so many questions. I want to dig right in because there's a few there's a few things that here and there's so many similarities that I feel like we really could fill up an hour talking about the Colts and the Bengals in a couple of different ways. The, but I have to start with you unloading your notebook on Andrew Luck because <laughs> we Bengals fans are sitting here watching Joe Burrow and they're watching what's happening, and they feel like they've already seen the ending to this movie uh, by 74.
3: (laughs) And I'm curious,
1: do you see see that? Do you see that when you see and hear of the hits that Burrow is taking? Do you see that as you've seen this story before?
3: Not only do I see the hits Burrow is taking, I like physically can feel them (laughs) because if you watch enough of that, I mean, Joe Burrow's on pace for 70 sacks this year. Yeah. And, it's a lot. Oh, Andrew Luck was sacked 100 times his first three years. And, and I do have to say that some of that was on Andrew Luck. He, he would have run from the pocket. He would hit linebackers head on. You know, it wasn't all a bad offensive line. But, you know, I worry about it a little bit with Deshaun Watson as well because they just put him out there and he takes a beating. And I pray that in six years you're not sitting in a preseason game and you see a, a tweet from Adam Schefter. And you click refresh a thousand times, and then you start to go into panic mode because you just got the all-time bomb dropped on you. Um, you know, people joke like breaking news. You know, it's it's important in our business. I am numb to breaking news now. After that <laughs> retirement, like there is nothing that was. Oh, they traded their head coach. Doesn't matter. Like it. You think of anything you can think of, and nothing matters anymore after that. After the star quarterback retires at age 29 in the middle of a preseason game
1: incredible I, if, if people are interested and it's still fascinating go back and read not just the coverage but the 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 recap looking back on that night and everything that happened from everybody that was involved is is a fantastic uh piece that's up uh on the site. I how what you know was it just the physical toll that wore on Andrew Luck and do you think if he would have played in front of maybe you know like this offensive line that the Colts have now early in his career that he'd still be playing?
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so hard for Colts fans to come to grips with and and look, I mean, this is as simple as I can put it they beat football out of him that's and it's really sad because he was a fun player to watch and you guys covered games against him and he was a unique talent and they they just beat the game out of him it was so bad he almost walked away in 17 and he admitted that to me a year later but he didn't really tell a lot of other people I mean he was ready to walk away this is not a normal guy he doesn't need football in his life he enjoyed it But the minute it stopped being fun was the minute he started thinking about doing something else. And he came back and they had this great comeback in 2018. They won nine of their last 10, they made the playoffs, they went to the second round. Everything seemed to be going in the right direction. They finally had a general manager that was gonna build him an offensive line and build him a team. And then this weird calf thing happened and everything was just reset. So, um, you know, I I pray that this doesn't happen to Joe Burrow because he is so fun to watch. Um, if I'm the, if I'm calling the shots in Cincinnati, I'm loading up on the offensive line and not just the offensive line. There's other ways to protect the quarterback as well. Um, you need to get him some offensive pieces around him and you need to get a play caller that will keep him upright because that's another thing that went into Andrew Luck, just getting the crap beat out of him was these seven step drops and these long, these long play calls and just one hit after another.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting and not to go into the dynamics of the Bengals, but you know, Joe Burrow wants he loves the empty set and he lord knows he destroyed people with it at LSU and I feel like the Bengals staff find themselves in a bit of a bind of, you know, we're out here, he, we're running the empty that he wants and it's where he's most effective, but it's also where he's most going to get beat up, but he's young and he says, I'll I can take the hits. And I'm sure you heard those lines from Andrew Luck when he was younger too, of, you know, I can, I can take it and that's on me. And, and you got to take hits in football and stuff like that. Well, the tough guy routine wears out in a hurry is the only thing.
3: Look, Andrew Luck was as tough as any guy I've ever covered. And, and early on, this is a great story about, you know, his first offensive coordinator slash interim head coach was Bruce Arians. And, and luck had this mantra. He said, if I throw an interception, I make the tackle. And Bruce Arians said, oh, no, you do not. They had to get that out of him. And, and he didn't listen all the time. So, um, you know, what was that quote you shared the other day for the story we're going to have run tomorrow? Joe Burrow said essentially, you know, I'm pretty comfortable making one or two guys miss in the pocket. That yes. is a dangerous way to play football. And I'm not knocking how tough Joe Burrow is. But believe me, it will add up over time. And it doesn't become just a physical toll; It wears on you mentally.
1: Enough about a sad potential future uh, for, for Bengals fans. I I, the, I see some really interesting similarities in conversations surrounding these two teams right now. The difference being, you know, the Colts have three wins and, and the Bengals don't. But you know, you have this team and now the. Question, there's this questioning of the offense, and Joe Burrow sat in a press conference on Wednesday and said, "And everybody, oh, stop overreacting." And I hear the same things coming out of Indianapolis. Stop overreacting uh, to one game or two games, but Philip Rivers is squarely in the crosshairs. People are questioning whether he should even be the starter up there. How real mm-hmm. is that? And how poorly has been has Rivers been playing? Is it on him, or has it been more of a combination of things? It's on him. Look,
3: the offense isn't good right now. The defense, which is really weird to say in Indianapolis, because it's been the opposite for 25 years with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, the defense is dominant right now. It's carrying the team. It's it's the number one defense in the league in a lot of significant categories. And the offense can't get out of its own way. They can't move the ball down the field. They can't score touchdowns. They've only scored four touchdowns this year. Excuse me. They've scored eight, but four have been on the opening drive. After that, they can't figure out how to move the ball. In their two losses to Jacksonville and Cleveland, Rivers has thrown four interceptions. And then he had a safety in the end zone, which is basically a turnover. And, look, if I'm a defense right now, I'm forcing them to throw it in in the outside because I don't think the arm strength is there. They're trying nothing over the top. They're not creative. The run game isn't going. And I know the Bengals are terrible against the run, but the Colts are supposed to be – you know, the engine of this offense is supposed to be the offensive line and then the run game. They really miss Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor, the rookie out of Wisconsin, has been good, but they're just not getting it done in every single category of the offense. It's really weird to see, especially for Frank Reich, who's, who's been so good and so creative with his offensive play calls and schemes the last couple of years. They just, they're just they just vanilla, they're predictable, and it they're just not getting it done on offense.
1: I find that side of the ball for Sunday fascinating because – the Bengals defense is starting to gain a little bit of momentum. You know, they signed a ton of guys this offseason there and have a second year in a scheme. And they have been the get right game for so many people that sound just like you do right, right. now, for, but their their defense actually now is 13th in DVOA, and they just had a game where they held Lamar Jackson to one of his worst games uh, running, and, and there there's a little bit of, hey, I, I think this defense could win them a game, uh, which is just not something you would ever even consider saying around here for a long time, and I find it fascinating to see if they can actually take advantage of an offense that is struggling like that on the flip side you fear for joe burrow's life a bit on sunday because he just got pummeled again uh in baltimore taking all those sacks i mean it's it's ridiculous and now here comes another defense How, the blitz from baltimore is what got to him indy doesn't do you guys don't do that as much what 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 do the colts do defensively that has made them so dominant why have they rattled so many teams
3: yeah, it's different than Baltimore because they're not going to bring the blitz very often. They're going to rush four, and they're going to live with the four. They've got DeForest Buckner up front, and he's changed everything. He's a former San Francisco 49er. The, the Niners just basically couldn't pay him because they have so many studs on the defensive line. But look, the Colts have never in their 36 years in this city ever had a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Going back to what I said, the offense has always carried the load around here. DeForest Buckner has changed the way this team plays football. And his interior pressure has been a problem for every single quarterback they played. So it's not like they're leading the league in sacks, but they're up there in pressures and they're forcing the quarterbacks into bad throws. And that's why they lead the league with nine interceptions, because they're really, really good at all three levels. And the interior pressure, which gets there quicker than sometimes the outside pressure, um, it forces every quarterback they play going back to week two into some stupid throws and and the secondary is just feasting. So they got nine picks and, and if they get to burrow on Sunday, they'll add to that total.
1: Yeah, I would agree. You know, it was. It feels like you know, Burrow has three, and it feels like it could have been more. I think he's gotten. He's certainly gotten away with some, even even in the time that he has been pressured. But you know, Burrow will try to extend plays and he'll try to find things. The problem is the Bengals really haven't been able to take advantage of those down the field, and a lot of time, more times than not, it has ended in some ill-advised throws. So you wonder if Indy will be able to do that again. Um, Darius Leonard has been dinged. What are, do you think he's going to go?
3: I don't think so. The Colts have a bye next week and I would think they will lean on keeping him out. He was not at practice on Wednesday, which is usually a pretty pretty big indication for us. I will say that, that Anthony Costanzo's is back. He's the left tackle. Now, his loss was bigger last week than Darius Leonard's. I know that sounds crazy, but they, they just cannot replace a left tackle in the city. Um, they went to LaRaven Clark. Miles Garrett absolutely abused him, and I know they're not playing Miles Garrett this week, but Everything they want to do on offense is predicated on giving Phillip Rivers time because the dude is a statue back there and he can't move. So having Costanzo back will be huge for this offense, both in the run game and the pass pro. But uh, look, if I'm the Bengals, I honestly don't think Philip Rivers scares me. I just, If you watch the tape from last week in Cleveland, you would agree.
1: Yeah, it'll be uh, uh, that Costanzo matchup with what will probably be Carl Lawson all day will be massive. Lawson's the only one that's been able to get consistent pressure on the defensive line, and he can do it over and over again. uh, If you watch the tape of him beating up on old man Jason Peters in Philadelphia, but if Costanzo can hold him in check, uh, Rivers could sit back there and maybe still uh, have a good day. Zach, I I certainly appreciate your time and uh, and sharing your information and uh exchange, and opening the notebook on on Andrew Luck for our, my for uh, everyone's sake that likes football. Uh, I hope that the Burrow story doesn't have anything similar to the Luck story, and for my sanity's sake, I hope it doesn't happen during a preseason game.
3: Hey, me too, man. And, and let's <laughs> let's 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 not use the Andrew Luck template for any other quarterback. Let's just say that
1: <laughs> that's a good idea. I, I like that. All right, thanks, Zach. Appreciate your time, man. We'll see you on Sunday.
3: Thanks guys.
1: All right, really enjoyed talking with Zach. It's just a, a great conversation there. Um and I really interesting stuff, not only on Sunday's game, but you know, the line about they beat the football out of him. It, it, it you know, it's just nobody wants to see that be what happens to Joe Burrow and it's hard not to watch and say, are they beating the football out of him? <laughs> I don't know if they will. I think it would be harder for Burrow. You know, one thing, the other thing that Zach said was about, you know, Andrew Luck didn't need football. He had a lot of other things in his life. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow has to have football. He's a football guy. His dad's a lifelong football coach. He's a son of a football coach. He loves football more than anything in the world. Like, I, I don't, I think you'll have a harder time beating the football out of Joe Burrow. Um, But that said, point taken. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they're on the way to doing it for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt.
1: Uh, Speaking of, uh, Jay's got stats uh, that are losing stats because losing will also beat the football out of you, and they are uh, about Zach Taylor. And uh, you know, three seventeen and one is going to create some bad stats, uh, and that's the case here. But I'm I, I told Jay to hold off on one element of his stat that I already know what's coming. But don't tell me because I want to hear something live. So, Jay, you've got stats. Let's let's count it off, and I'm excited to hear the end because I don't know the end yet.
2: Yeah, I, I, need, I feel like I need to throw an asterisk up there right off the bat and say these are not official. I need to reach out to the the, the Stat, Inc., Stats, Inc. people. But uh, last year, at this time, after week five, the Bengals were 0-5, and, and so I, had, I reached out to find out how many coaches – had begun their career with five straight losses. And uh, going back to 1970, there were 33 of them and the, the names on the list were amazing. Tony Dungy, Bill Walsh, Jimmy Johnson, um, Sam Weish, all these guys that, that did great things. They, they overcame those slow starts. And then there's, there's the other guys on the, the list that, that didn't. Um, but so I went back to that list and I looked up how each guy did in road games to start his career because zach is oh 10 and one in road games he's still looking for his first road win so i was wondering what the the longest the longest um and not a losing streak because ties count but the, the longest winless streak to start a career now the reason this is an asterisk is because there could be a guy that won his very first nfl game and was not on this list but then turned around and lost 10 straight road games That seems highly unlikely, but uh, we'll get the official stats. But just the 33 guys that that started their career with at least five straight losses, there's only two of them that have longer, winless streaks on the road to begin their career. Who are they? And and number one, and this is an active streak because he got fired. Um, (laughs) Marty Morningway lost his first 16 road games. His first two years. Uh, he did not win a road game and they said, see ya. And he has not been a head coach since. So 16 is, is the most John McKay, who has the NFL oh. record for most consecutive losses to start a uh. a career at 26, uh, lost his first 13 road games and he, he snapped that 26 game losing streak on the road at New Orleans. And then, uh, Zach Taylor with 11 is third. Um, Forrest Gregg has nine. And then there's three guys, including Bill Walsh, uh, that have eight. But other than that, nobody had more than six. So Zach is creeping up into, um, I guess, McKay you would say, Range, McKay <laughs> Range, Morning Way <laughs> Range. Um, you don't want to be in McKay Range. No, you definitely don't. Uh
1: yeah. When asked about his team's execution, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> One of the greatest lines ever.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, that's not that's not grand company. The Bill Walsh Forest get Greg Company's all right. You'll 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 take some of that, but uh, yeah, it, it needs to kind of end after a while. And an opportunity for them to do it here on Sunday in Indianapolis potentially. Uh, that's a that's that's good stuff. Um, we are going to get into our Bengals growler bet, and we're going to talk our predictions for the game. But before we do that. I got to bring in the Bengal boys. Yeah. Talk a little bit about our new intro music, about the songs that they've been doing. We'll, we'll have them. And then we will uh, come back with the growler bet and predictions here in a minute. So here are Alex Dolezal and Dylan Bodley of the Bengal boys, a boy band that only knows one song. All right. I've been excited about this one for a while. Uh, if you listened at the beginning of the show and heard us talk about this, I, I, promise this i've been teasing this now for a couple of shows the old intro music is gone we have new fun awesome intro music thanks to our friends the bangle boys and i i said we can't just we can't just have new music all of a sudden we have to bring these guys on because not only are they creating music for us but they're creating music for all of you for everyone, and so I have Alex Dolezal and Dylan Bodley. Also with them, though, in their band is Colin Cooper and Parker Phillips. Guys, thank you, first of all. Can we just say that? Thank you
4: so much, yeah. Paul. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah. So you guys, well, first of all, let's give people some background. It, you may have seen these videos circulating the Bengals' twitters and socials uh, over the last couple of weeks. You guys are just hanging out in Nashville and have decided to start making hear that podcast or hear that hear those Bangles growling songs in different genres each week and just putting it out there and it's been a hit. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> One thing kind of led to another. We were, uh, um, I was playing playing around the piano and uh, told Dylan the. To, come get in frame and uh, we tweeted at Cincy problems uh, right before the week two game. So a lot of hype going in that game. And then um, (laughs) um, phone kept buzzing all night. And so some friends said, you got to do another one. You got to do another one. So we're going to, we're gonna try doing one for the rest of the season.
1: We'll see. The, pre- the pressure is on. Like you're, you, you guys. So, what are the genres that you guys have done thus far? Because you take the song, which is the, you know, if people don't, if people don't realize by now that's our knockoff of the title of this podcast. Um, but it, you take the song and you put a different genre on it. What What are the ones you've done so far? And let's let's tease a couple that are in the cooker.
4: Yeah. So we've done the first one we did was disco, and I mean Alex and I like. We kind of love Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, so that was a kind of a big inspiration. And then after that, we did the doo Wop one, which is kind of like the greaser vibe. And then we did the one with Jump, which is like Van Halen, obviously. And then um, we just actually last night started working on the track for like a smooth jazz one for this <laughs> upcoming this upcoming week. And and each week we kind of try to develop a little bit more of a story with the minute long video. So that's, that's the next phase is once we get the, the song done, we start the video. A couple that are in the cooker, though. Um, we have a – we're working on a Broadway-themed one. No, no. <laughs> um, it's even, I mean, an election-themed one. Obviously, lighthearted election because um, that could go pretty, pretty downhill pretty yeah. fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, first of all, okay, so who – how did this start like who are you guys yeah i mean i should i should point out people are listening to this you guys are wearing your Bengal gear for a interview at 8 30 in the morning because like, it's an impressive <laughs> dedication uh, here. Yeah. uh wh- how did this how did this who are you guys and how did this come about
4: so we're a couple uh so we've been best friends since the eighth grade talent show at Loveland middle school uh oh, yeah. been- that's
1: legendary i've heard about that yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. we've been up uh, we we've been making music since eighth grade, along with a uh, Parker. Then we met a uh, Colin down in Nashville, and so we're just um we all live in a within five minutes of each other in East Nashville, and so we're all working in different forms of arts. I play piano. Dylan's a fantastic touring guitarist um, for a bunch of upcoming acts. Um, Parker's a good, a great singer, and Colin actually does a lot of video AV work and also is a killer beat maker. So we're really just. Four creatives who have a lot of free time during COVID. <laughs> and just work well together at this point. So, And you're the Bengal boys. And we're the Bengal boys. We only
1: know one song. <laughs> <laughs> but you, there's, you can do one song many different ways. It's been fun to watch. And so then, you know, you sort of reached out to us and said, how about an intro? And I you have under the radar secretly been dying for new intro music or, uh, for a long time now. So the moment I saw this, I, I immediately grasped to it. Was excited, and you guys decided, okay, let's try. Let's see what we can do, and I love it and i love oh, it i'm I love so it. happy
4: like yeah it's so cool
1: <laughs> yeah and so so now so now we have uh new intro music and uh and hey you know you guys start kicking around new genres go ahead and throw that track we can have multiple intros maybe one for after a win one after a loss if you guys want to go crazy you go crazy yeah we'll, we'll
4: go crazy we, we go will. crazy we, ha- we have your email we're also going to send you a. Uh, political links and uh, maybe some conspiracy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nigerian princes. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I look forward. I look forward to all that. So now where can people find, uh, can, where can people find you guys and watch the videos and everything?
4: We kind of want it to all be centralized to to our Facebook page just because uh, that way we can all run it and kind of like uh, go through there. So go on Facebook and look up the Bengal boys.
1: Bengal boys. Okay. On Facebook. And then, uh, trust me, you will, you will see it circulating on Twitter. I've been kind of retweeting it here, uh, in recent weeks. And so you'll see whatever they're the latest that they're concocting. I'm looking forward to Broadway. Are we, are we looking, is this like, gonna I mean, be like a West side story thing, or are you going to go Hamilton, like fire off some verses? <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're going to figure it out. Also,
4: I I don't have bars. I don't think Dylan does either, but no. I, I mean, I think Colin might, um, Colin might have some bars with him. We might get some friends, uh, who, uh, some CCM friends when visiting for Thanksgiving, though? Um, oh, yeah. Out. Turn it
1: into a big production down in Washington Park, like hundreds oh, of extras. Yeah. I in feel like we Bay, could do something oh, here.
4: Get the SCPA kids yeah, work for free. No, <laughs> the dream <laughs> would be to get the, uh, the Bangals to do some sort of like, like little choreographed, uh, segment with us.
1: I love it. Well, they're the Bengal Boys. They're down in Nashville. They got time to kill, and they're <laughs> and they're, they're using it to uh, to create some fun songs for you and for us. And so, for thank you guys so much. I uh, really appreciate you having you on, and for for the music. And keep firing them our way. Well, you never know what you'll hear when you turn in to hear that podcast. Ground, you might hear a new song from the Bengal Boys. So, I uh, look forward there to that. Go. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you so Paul. much,
4: Paul. Appreciate you having us.
1: All right, before we move on, we'll uh, take a quick second here to uh, hear from a sponsor. All right, thanks again uh, to the Bengal Boys for the new intro music and for just finding ways to make people have fun uh, and potentially laugh um, during a lot of rough Sundays, I guess, for Bengal fans. Uh, So uh, shout out to them. And all the work they're doing, and look out for more stuff from them potentially coming your way on HGPG. And then definitely check out their Facebook page. Uh, and we'll have their their latest video will be coming soon. I'm really looking forward to that Broadway, the Broadway genre. Uh, I'm telling you, let's. I think you gotta get you gotta get like a hundred extras down in Washington Park, all doing some sort of big Broadway dance to hear that Bengal growling. Uh, I flash mob. I, Let's flash mob it. I'm telling you. I think it's the way to go. Maybe that's something we need to organize. Look, if the Bengals keep losing, I'm gonna have some plenty of time in my hands to try to do something else. So maybe that'll be what I'll be doing in November. Um All right, let's dive in. Bengals growler bet. Again, uh, we had a winner last week. Optimistic Bobby came on the podcast earlier this week and said he he's he's gonna get the growler a beer, and he's even gonna have a little bangle talk during the exchange. I think I might be meeting down there excited about meeting Kevin, uh, our winner with 161, who by the way got it thanks to the kneel down at the end. The negative 1 yard kneel down gave him the 161 rushing. Whew. Yeah, what's the opposite of a bad beat? What do you what do you <laughs> call that? That's a, that's a bad beat for us. <laughs> <laughs> Bad beat for us. Uh, But anyway, so I I look forward to meeting him down at 50 West. But that can be you, too. You, too, can be a winner of a growler of delicious 50 West beer. Maybe some home sweet home for you uh, if you can win. But I am not going to make it easy on you because I've had enough of winners. It's time for losers. Losing time. I was excited about that uh, to tweet that on Sunday because the Bengals had two shots. I thought they were going to be in losing time, but they got the pick and then the missed field goal. A Justin still, Tucker
2: missed field goal of all things. I know
1: still two drives, though. I mean, two drives in in losing time to break the streak that way is like the only way that streak was going to get broken. <laughs> pretty much uh, still love the idea of losing time at the end of the last two minutes a <laughs> half. Um all right, Bengals growler bet this week. What do you think about Joe Burrow passer rating against this number one defense in
2: football? Well, this is a winning number, but it's not a Bengals winning number. I'm going 777, 77.7. <laughs> the slot machine winner, but it's not gonna be a uh not gonna be a Bengals winner.
1: No, that probably wouldn't be a Bengals winner. And you know, we've seen him his his low for the year has been in the sixties. So but I'm not going to go there. I, I'm i going to say 82.9. I think that, it, the thing is there's going to be a pick in there. It's a matter of whether he can throw a touchdown offset it, get some yardage, maybe some garbage time yard. You don't want him to have to do garbage time yards or you're going to lose this game. They're going to need to play from ahead for sure. Uh, But I'll say 82.9 will be mine. But you, I need a decimal point if you're listening. Hashtag Bengals Growler bet to us on Twitter. Put in one entry. And uh, if you hit it on the nose to the decimal, 82.9, 77.7, it can be yours. Or you can email me, pdaner at theathletic.com, pdaner at theathletic.com. And a delicious growler, of 50 West Beer. Could be yours just like it was one last week with 161 yards thanks to a stupid kneel down uh, if you just send us the passer rating for Joe Burrow against the Colts. All right,
2: predictions. I have the Colts beating the Bengals five field goals to four, 15 <laughs> to 12. An old 15 to 12-er. In, in, yeah. Uh, the Colts kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship, was was with Zach and the Bengals staff down in, in Mobile, and it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen because watching him at Georgia, he was so clutch. He made everything, and at the Senior Bowl, he practice He was just missing everything, so I am, I'm really happy to see that kid get it turned around. He's having a pretty good year for the Colts right now, um, and I do. I think this is going to be a battle of field goals, and the, the Colts get one more than the Bengals.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I am with you. It fe- it feel does feel that way. Of course, last week we really felt like it was going to be a close game, and the last thing we thought you would see would be a blowout, and so we were wrong there. But I, I, it, it does. It feels like one of those where your defense is going to have to go win you a game, and you're going to need a couple of big plays somehow from Joe Burrow to help pull it out. You know what? It's going to. Lo- I think it's going to have to feel and look like that opener against the Chargers. Yeah, I think that's the type of game you're going to see, and that's why I have Colts winning sixteen thirteen. I think I'm going the replica score. Hopefully, not with a CZ calf at the end. Oh uh, man! But <laughs> but you know, I I do think there's plenty of opportunity to win this game, despite the Colts being a very good team and one of the best de- and one of the best defenses in football. Despite all that, I do think there's opportunity here. To scratch out some points, uh, they're going to have to find a way to contain DeForest Buckner a little bit because he can just absolutely ruin their day, and he will have everyone on the interior uh, out, you know, outclassed. If they can do that, whether with scheme help or whatever, uh, I think they've got a, they've certainly got a fighting chance. But we shall see if that's the case. But that's 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 my prediction uh, for Sunday. I will be up there. I'm excited to be traveling to a road game uh for the only time this year probably such a close drive no hotel stay no other questionable uh COVID related things I have to be a part of so gonna go to the moon in indy the press box is so high it is so high <laughs> it, it's not the all 22 it's like the all 122 <laughs> up there <laughs> it's it is ridiculous but it's a it's a good view and uh let's be honest I gotta be there in case AJ Green punches somebody, <laughs> well, and so I'm not nothing. talking about Jalen Ramsey. Okay, <laughs> so we got to We got to keep an eye on what's happening on that sideline because the Bengals sideline is starting to get a touch interesting these days, is it not?
2: It is, and yeah, it that is. is that is good that you will be there to see it in person. <laughs> although you you may need a telescope as opposed to yeah. binoculars.
1: I will. I'll I'll bring I'll bring the like those oversized birding binoculars. <laughs> We have any birders that listen? If you're if you're into birding, I I might need a what's that called? Is it ornithology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in, I should know this. When I worked at the uh, Key West newspaper, it was a very different newspaper. When I I worked down there for a couple of years, and we covered you know sail fishing, and we would cover uh, powerboat racing and stuff like very different sports, but they're important down there. We had a weekly birding column. Someone who just would write about birds in the sports section. And every week I would just read it. it was and I, I otherwise I don't think I would know ornithology or whatever. I think he because that was his name, was like the the Key West citizen ornithologist. Mark Hedden. Uh who did a lot of drugs as far as I can know. <laughs> as most people <laughs> in Key West do. Yeah. Uh, but it was always it was always great. He'd give an update on what birds he saw that week. What a gig.
2: I heard a story that uh, when a hurricane came through one time through Key West, that it was like a couple of years, but it like blew all the birds out of there. And it was like a couple of years before they, they ever came back. I don't know if that was folklore or if, if that actually happened, but that kind of surprised me.
1: I don't know. I should email you Mark. Should me he me. would yeah. know. He would know whenever he sobers up. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that, but I need those big binoculars, the binoculars that they use. I need the big ones for for seeing from afar. So uh, I will have all of that. We will have the walkout, of course, uh, on Sunday night after the Bengals play the Colts in Indianapolis. Very much looking forward to this one. Should be a fun, exciting game. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, our week of podcasts. Thanks to the Bengal boys. Thanks to Zach Kiefer. Thanks to Optimistic Bobby on Tuesday. If you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend going back. And, of course, thanks to all of you that are subscribers to The Athletic. If you are not, just go to theathletic.com slash hear that podcast growling and click on the link to subscribe, and you can do so. We have free trials going on, whatever you want. Uh, we love having you, and you get over 400-plus insiders. Guys like Zach Kiefer, we have them in with every team, every sport, including. That's right. Top of the table, Everton, perfect 4-0-0, and guess what? Liverpool in the Merseyside Derby on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, 7.30 a.m., I will be ignoring my children and watching Everton-Liverpool uh, on NBC Sports Network. I cannot be more excited. We Let's just say Everton doesn't win these. It's like Bengals-Steelers, okay? <laughs> And I'm excited to do to watch that And then read Greg O'Keefe and Patty Boylan To write about it afterwards, our Everton writers uh, Very, very exciting We have that stuff everywhere All you gotta do is subscribe and you get it all For one price so, Thanks everybody for listening to uh, The Growler And we'll talk to you on the walkout Have a good one everybody